Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play on this latest episode where we put our toe into the water of the beautiful game being played right here in the Great Lakes State of Michigan. How you doing? My name's Robert Kerr, and whether you are a coach, player, or supporter, this is the place to connect with the entire Michigan soccer community. Hope everybody's doing well. We are in the midst of the World Cup knockout stages, probably the last episode of the program before this whole thing is said and done. Got a great guest on this week's episode, Michigan pro Russell Cicerone on his experience in the USL. And we talk about that, many more things, and his brand new move to Sacramento Republic. But first, a couple updates to give you guys the michigan soccer central we are soccer team of the week is spring arbor women's team they are the winners of the naia national championship so big kudos to spring arbor university's women what a commendable accomplishment and i naia national champions 2022 Detroit City FC has been making their off-season moves uh, amongst uh, some players being announced that they're being released. Most recently, earlier today, Detroit City announced the signing of Skage Simonsen, a Norwegian midfielder coming over from Loudoun in the USL. And that announcement came just a little while after the announcement that they have re-signed midfield and really utility man uh, Michael Bryant. Um, He really did well last year for uh, LaRouge, filling in all across the field when the team was thin in many positions. He fitted in, and uh, not only did he get through, but he excelled in a number of roles. So kudos on the return of Michael Bryant. Another announcement, there is a new league uh, debuting in Michigan this weekend. The the Major League Indoor Soccer kicks off this weekend here in Michigan. Rapid City FC playing in the MSA Arena out in Grand Rapids will host the Cleveland Crunch on Saturday. They won In their debut, they beat Cincinnati Swerve in their debut as a club. So uh, the expectations rise just a little bit for Rapid City FC, their home debut on Saturday at 6.30. And then the other Michigan-based team, Waza, they play their first game in MLIS away on Saturday, and then they host that very same Cleveland Crunch in Detroit on Sunday. And if you want more uh, Michigan soccer news and updates, be sure to follow at MI Soccer Central across all social media. And now our feature interview with Bloomfield Hills striker Russell Cicerone, who secured a move to Sacramento Republic, Sacramento's first move of the offseason, I should note, And he did so on the back of an impressive pair of season at 
Pittsburgh Riverhounds, where he scored 30 goals across 66 games. I asked him about the move, life as a pro in the USL, and his Michigan foundation. So keep it locked in here to the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Welcome back here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Excited for our next segment as we check in now with a Michigan-based pro on the move. Russell Ciceroni is a Bloomfield Hills native who played for Brother Rice in high school, played club, club ball with Vardar, as well as spending some summers with the Michigan Bucks. And he's been a pro in the USL since 2017 and has just recently signed for Sacramento Republic, Russell Ciceroni. Thank you for joining us here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, uh, we got a lot to talk about, uh, history in Michigan, as well as um, some stuff to dig into on your pro career. But we're recording right at the final whistle of the semifinal of the World Cup between Argentina and Croatia. What are your uh, instant takeaways from that game? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a great game overall. I mean, I'm a, I bet I've always been a huge Messi supporter, so I'm, I'm really happy to see him. And you, you know that uh, sometimes when he gets the ball, it looks like he's turning back the clock a little bit and doing some of the magic that he that he uh, that he was uh, uh, doing back with Barca and stuff like that. But uh, uh, exciting game. I was happy for Argentina. Uh, I think uh, um, it was a high intensity game, which is, is always fun to watch. Who was your favorite outside of the USA? Who was your favorite uh, team in this tournament? I guess I shouldn't assume USA either. <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely I was back in the USA for sure. But then uh, obviously it had to be messy. I mean, I've looked up to that guy since I was a little boy. So it's awesome to see uh, him doing what he's doing. And it's pretty cool that uh, some other aging superstars uh, went out in the group stage and then others went out not so gracefully. So it's cool to see one of the legends, one of our childhood heroes, uh, still, maybe this is his last tournament. He's definitely yeah. still contributing and he is that still that star that we uh, have in our minds. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, seeing Luka Modric go out today, I mean, I've always, I always liked him as a player as well, but, uh, I thought he, I thought he played fantastic again today and, uh, uh, to be doing it at the age that he's at is really something, really something special. Now, which uh, this is a little bit kind of like going back. Which World Cup in the 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 history of the the World Cups that you've watched? Which one had made the most impact on you growing up? You know, uh, uh, my dad's side of my family is super Italian, so in two thousand six when they won it, it was it was like a big celebration in my household. So that was that was really cool. Oh, I can imagine that was a that was a heck of a team back then. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it is it is pretty cool to see Messi excelling. Because I mean, this was probably, this semifinal performance was probably the best one so far. He's like getting stronger. And while he used to dominate whole games the last few years, he's just dominated moments. But yeah, yeah, looked, yeah. like you said, uh, the whole game, he was pretty darn strong. Yeah, he picks and chooses moments, definitely. He he coasts around for a bit, but when when they need him, he always steps up. So you're here, and thank you for for joining us here on the uh, the podcast. Um, your uh, big news: you've left uh, Pittsburgh, and you're on your way to the West Coast to Sacramento Republic. So uh, you've made 66 appearances and 30 goals uh, for Pittsburgh. Um, just tell us about that experience in Pittsburgh and how the move to Sacramento happened. 
Yeah, I think I had two really good years in Pittsburgh. I scored a lot of goals. I had a lot of assists. I was playing really high level. And uh, uh, you know, the cool thing about this business is you can you can go experience new cities, different places, different things like that. So I, I just I, I had an opportunity where with with Sacramento and uh, uh, the staff really wanted me there, and uh, it, it seemed like a good group that was going to go far. And they get a, they get a ton of fans at their games and. Uh, it just, it seemed like the right time to make a move like that. And I mean, I, I have nothing bad to say about Pittsburgh. I love my time there. Uh, the fans, the coaching staff, the teammates, uh, it, I mean, you could see I was very successful there. So there, there was, there's nothing bad I could say about that place. What, uh, was the highlight of, um, your time there? Would you say, was there a particular game that stood out or a moment or a certain thing that they did there? So I guess in Pittsburgh, I mean, my last game there, I mean, we're playing Louisville, who's like historically the probably one of the best teams in the league, and and I scored twice in the, in the playoff game, and then in uh, in the 85th minute on, we give up two goals and we go on to lose in penalties. But like when I when to score to score in their stadium, that huge stadium, uh, two goals against supposedly the best team, uh, that was that was really awesome for me. And then so. There's been we're in the midst of the World Cup and there's been a lot of talk about strikers. Each nation, do they have strikers? Do they not? Like, what's your approach to playing that forward position and kind of what makes a break someone that is able to put the back of the net? And that might be a difficult question to articulate, but no, I, I, I guess not. what's your what's your approach to the position? Yeah, so for me as a striker, I never play as like the main target striker. I'm not I'm not that big of a guy, so it's not, I'm never going to play just as like strictly the number nine. But like underneath or just off to the side, like as a winger, as a, a wide forward. But uh, the big thing that that I use to score goals is just my movement, uh, trying to read the, like three or four steps ahead of the play where the, where the soft spot on the defense is, where I can pick up good positions where the ball is going to fall. And uh, uh, in and around the box, I've always been pretty clinical, both feet. Uh, I don't need too many chances before I'm going to find the back of the net. And that's always been a strong suit of mine. You've made a few stops um, in your pro career that started in uh, 2017, which places that you visit so far, do you think has like the deepest and like most main, like where soccer is more of a mainstream thing in that area? Well, when I was playing for Cincinnati, we were averaging like 30,000 uh, people at every game. So that was, that was really cool to see. And the, like when you were walking on the streets, everybody knew you were, uh, an FCC player, which, which was really awesome. And it just felt like, uh, felt like I was a part of big club, big, like a big soccer experience, which that's what you want to feel like when you're a pro. I imagine. So what did, did you see that outside of like a game day? Did you see that soccer was a thing? I mean, that's pretty, pretty cool that you're being recognized but outside of like the game day was soccer yeah yeah for sure like um there was a few prem bars and stuff like that around the city that were completely packed if you didn't get there early you weren't getting a spot to to watch the games on saturday and sunday mornings so i mean you could you could tell people i mean i i found that in pretty much every city i play you can find a find a few uh prem bars and 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 other places like that where people are waking up to watch to watch those european games and stuff like that so but uh, Cincinnati, I remember there was there was a few there. Is that something that you're into? Do you like waking up and going out and watching games? Definitely. I mean, I, I'm a huge Liverpool supporter since I was little, so uh, uh, I like. Uh, I found a, I found a couple. I found a Liverpool bar in in Cincinnati, and uh, and uh, my sister lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and there's one out there too. So it, uh, 
uh, I like going to those for sure. I'm going to be spending more time in Grand Rapids here through the winter. What's the Liverpool bar there called? Well, so I, I guess it's not strictly Liverpool, but when Liverpool plays, it's like majority Liverpool people there, but it's called Speakeasy. Okay, okay. I might have gone there through the summer. I did go – oh, no, I went to a, a uh, very Tottenham-heavy one by okay. by chance there. That was pretty cool, but I yeah. have heard of Speakeasy as well. Um, kind of bringing it back home, um, like I said in the intro – uh, you are from, uh, Bloomfield Hills, uh, played Vardar, brother Rice, um, also in your, uh, collegiate times for the Michigan Bucks. Um, how did your t- experiences in Michigan kind of set you up to where you are now as like an established pro? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Vardar, it was a big, a big uh, club, big academy. So I was playing with like the best players from around the state. We were playing against top players across the country through the development academy and stuff like that. So, I mean, when you're playing against the the highest level, you're always going to get better. And then in high school, I mean, uh, my freshman year, we won the state championship uh, with Brother Rice. That was a, that team taught me a lot of, of work ethic. Like they, a lot of the guys weren't like the best, most skilled guys, but uh, the work ethic that that team brought, that, that's how we were able to win a, win a state title. And um, Michigan Bucks, uh, what the the teams that I played for, the Michigan Bucks were some of the best teams that I've ever played for. The the, the amount of talent we had there, um, and uh, in such a little time, the amount of chemistry that we were able to build was really cool. The way we were passing through teams and, and stuff like that, and then obviously winning a national championship there was awesome. What would you say to? I guess what at what age did you kind of make that that decision that the pro player career is what you were definitely after. I think um, my freshman year at the university of Buffalo, uh, we were in a, a pretty tough Mac conference, West Virginia, Akron, big, big soccer schools. And I came out of there. I was on, I was first team all Mac and I was the newcomer of the year. And like, I was on a list with some, some pretty highly rated guys that were going to be drafted high. that were going to be, that were going to be pros. I was like, uh, that's kind of when I knew that I could definitely go to the next level. And so it was just like knowing what kind of company you were holding is when you, so had you always thought that that was possible, but you didn't have that surefire. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, just, um, you know, just cause I, I wasn't going to like as big of a school, uh, like a big, as big of a soccer school as like some of these other guys, but then, uh, getting that recognition and then even playing against them, scoring goals against them. I'm like, Oh, I, I can play with anybody. So uh, that's kind of when my mentality changed that uh, I was going to be, I was going to really pursue this. For uh, a young player, maybe middle school, high school, that's like really starting to step into the swing of things and really hitting that competitive sort of age groups. What sort of advice could you, you give that kind of younger player that really wants to take soccer as far as they can, like, I guess, technical things, like what, what sort of things uh, could you advice? Could you give technically for scoring goals? And then, Mm. um, and then just in general as a player. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the technical side of thing, I would say like, as I've jumped up through levels uh, of my career, just uh, like, obviously, the, the speed of play, is, it, it gets so much faster, the, the how fast the, the guys are passing and stuff like that. So 
really like working on that decision making of of thinking like three two or three steps ahead that that was what really helped me cuz uh the guys are so athletic so fast so technical that you have to you have to be you have to be thinking two three steps ahead and then um uh like just the 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 like the other side of it, I would say being mentally tough because I remember through my entire career sometimes I wasn't looked as like uh as like a, a big player so I was on the bench uh, and when I when I didn't think I was going to be or uh, me and uh, and the coaches weren't getting out getting along so you have to so you have to be you have to be mentally tough to be able to grind through hard situations like that because I I feel like I've come up uh, come up against those hard situations a lot in my career and uh, I think I think that mental toughness is what has kept me going. Uh, for just from kind of looking through your past clubs, it said that um, you were, when you were at St. Louis, that club like folded because of the the new MLS. I'm sure that that was probably a tough situation. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Cause I had, I had, again, I had two good years in, in St. Louis, but as soon, pretty much as soon as they folded, I was getting a lot of calls from a different other team. So it wasn't like I was, I wasn't too stressed about uh, is my career going to be done or anything like that. But uh, no, it w- I had a really good time in St. Louis, so I was sad to see that club go like that. But I mean, happy that they're getting an MLS team, which is very cool for them. Um, but no, that that I, I wouldn't say that was one of the ones that stressed me out that much. It was more a little bit earlier in my career, I would say. So once you got to you, you found some success at St. Louis, so that it wasn't quite as much in jeopardy at that point. Correct. Exactly. But that those first few years when you're breaking into, if that would have happened, maybe mm-hmm. things get a little dicier. Yeah, definitely. And the the USL, it's such a grind with how many talented players there are, and 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 teams always uh, making moves and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, since because I had those good two seasons in St. Louis, that's where I really started to open my career up, and uh, uh, so I didn't have too much to worry about after that. I work for a uh, summer USL two team, and so that summer season is a is a big deal for me. And I'm kind of curious in the in the grand scheme of things, like how important it is. Obviously, in general, it seems like important to like keep playing against top level players. And I've heard a variety of answers. Where some where it was just another thing that they did, and others were like, "Well, I found my level, and I knew I was good enough because I was in the mix with a different group of players." How do you think that did the those summer leagues seasons? Do you think that was a, a big boost, or is it just another thing that kind of keep you in shape so that you had a good uh, following college season? Um, I mean, obviously, staying in shape and staying fit like that was important. But I definitely think uh, playing with different players, like uh, and and a lot of times some more talented players because they're bringing the best of the best from other schools and stuff like that so I think for me it was it was extremely beneficial uh like uh because like in the program you you move you move teams a decent amount like I've been on how many four or five teams I've been on now so like getting used to coming into a new team new players new new stuff like that it, it just like it keeps you on your toes it uh it uh it definitely prepares you for for the road ahead. And to players, obviously a, a great deal of those USL League Two or the variety of other summer leagues there are. Um, for those who have the opportunity to pursue a pro career as a, ch- a chance, but also, you know, going through and getting a degree and going to the professional world, what would you say to a player who's maybe done a summer or two 
and doesn't know uh, whether to go. Like maybe their their playing career might head towards the USL, or they could go to maybe a, you know a a formal office job type career. What advice would you give them as being someone who's been in the USL for about five years or so? Yeah, I would say. I mean, to do this job at this level, you have to be extremely tough. It's it's it hasn't been easy. Uh, the amount, how long the seasons are, the amount of work you have to put in, the amount of moving you have to do. But uh, that's coming back to that that mental toughness thing. It's it it's such a grind in this league. Um, just the situations you get thrown in and stuff like that. So you you really have to ask yourself: Is am I really willing to sacrifice the things that I want to sacrifice to keep playing this game, or do I want to kind of move on from the game and and start? I guess you would say like a normal life, but. Uh, for me, I, I mean, I've loved every second of it. And I'm not going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> Those uh, things that you said that like tough situations, do you mean just like as far as like uh, having to move to a different city or just like, I guess what kind of situations are, yeah, yeah, yeah. are difficult in general? Yeah, I was I was generalizing, but uh, like obviously moving, like going up far away from my family. My first year I played in Portland. I was on the other side of the country. It was tough for me. Um, and then uh, – when things aren't going your well on the team, you're not making the 18, you're not in the starting 11, just being able to, you have to still go in every single day and compete with some of the best players around and, 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 and prove to the coaching staff and your teammates that you deserve to be on the field. And, um, and, and sometimes when you're not and you feel like you're doing all you can, it gets depressing and stuff like that. So you just have to be able to uh, take those situations on the chin and, and keep moving forward. That was the best, that was the best thing I could do. Um, looking ahead now a little bit, uh, you're uh, going out to Sacramento this year. Was there ever a chance that uh, Detroit, did they make a move for you? At the beginning of uh, uh, at the, uh, when the season ended at the beginning, there was a, there was a little bit of talk between them and my agent. But uh, at this point, it just didn't seem like the, the best move for my career. And just uh, I had... Uh, I had some things that I wanted to experience, new cities, new stuff like that. You know, I've been here my, my whole life. So, I mean, it's a great club and the amount of fans and support that they get is awesome. And I, I'm hoping somehow we get on the schedule, Sacramento, but we'll see. Because I know they came this year, so I don't know if it'll happen again. Yeah, uh, definitely Sacramento, a strong team and a very entertaining game uh, this past summer when they came uh, to Keyworth. But kind of what does your off season look like? Uh, from what I understand, you're you're back here in Michigan uh, for now. Um, what do, what what does the off season look like? And then when do you go out to California? So my off season, uh, uh, we're I'm, we're extremely fortunate if you're if you're from around here and you're a pro because we have next level training with Aaron Bird. It's 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 got to be the best training in the country, best training that I've ever experienced. Um, so I'm so lucky that he has so many locations around my house and stuff like that, where I can just train with some other pros from around the area and college guys and other, other things like that. So I go to him pretty much Monday through Friday. And then, uh, and then unless I'm taking a trip or something, I like to take at least one trip to go to the beach or something like that to get somewhere warm during the winter months. So, um, so I take a trip obviously. And then, uh, I just bouncing around, seeing if I can see different parts of my family, different friends, and uh, my girlfriend lives in Ithaca, New York. So we have to, so we go out there to visit her family for a little bit too. So just just bouncing around, trying to stay fit, hitting the gym, uh, do, following the workout programs that they send us. So that, uh, that's about it. 
Uh, what's some of your goals for the, uh, it might be a little bit early to, to be there. I don't know how your process is, but what are some of your goals for the uh, 2023 season? Yeah, so Sacramento had a really good team. Um, and they were, obviously they made that run in the Open Cup, which was incredible to watch from from afar. But uh, uh, a lot of times, because I've made a, a run like that with St. Louis actually, and it, and it hurt us during the league league play and I think that's what happened to the Sacramento and and they and, and somehow they still finished fourth even with having that long run so to just trying to improve on where they were from last season trying to win the west um and then uh uh personally obviously they were those, one of the main things that they were lacking was like a, a true out and out goal scorer so if I can come in and be that guy that they need I think I can, we can re- we can really take that club to the next level and be like a top two, three team in the, in the USL for sure. Let me be very cool. If we have a Michigan based player, uh, being a missing piece to one of the, uh, the big clubs of, uh, USL. Um, before we let you go, we got one of our semifinalists. We talked at the top of the show. So Argentina is in the final, uh, give me your prediction. Who's going to be in there between, France and unlikely Morocco, and then who wins the final? Yeah, I think France is just too overpowered. Griezmann, Dembele, Mbappe, and Giroud, and then the support that they have is, I think it's just going to be too much to handle for Morocco. But, I mean, crazier things have happened, but uh, that, that I think France. All right. Well, Russell Ciceroni, the brand-new striker for Sacramento Republic and Michigander, thank you so much for joining the Michigan Soccer Center. Thank you for having me. I had a blast, man. It was awesome. about to wrap up this week's edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you to Russell Ciceroni for coming on the show. Really enjoyed that interview. And thank you to Aaron Bird of Next Level Training for helping us connect and get Russell onto the show. Big thank you to you, listener, for tuning in. We've got over 70 podcast episodes up on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you get your podcast content. And I'm continuing to do my best to get these episodes on the Michigan Soccer Central YouTube channel as well. We're doing really well with our followers. Well over 8,000 following on Twitter, many more on Instagram and Facebook. But let's head over to the Michigan Soccer Central YouTube and get those numbers up to similar levels as well. Big thanks to Jenny Hajnaki for editing this program as always. And uh, I'm happy for her as she finally got to work on a Lions game this weekend that had some national and some just uh, good feelings around it. I know that uh, not every Lions game is as exciting or uh, rewarding as it was this past weekend. Big thanks to the Michigan Soccer Central core team. Without you guys, this show doesn't go. And so I guess I asked Russell what his predictions were as we record in between semifinal games. So 
My prediction for France versus Morocco will have a very short shelf life. It's hard to go against either team with their performances in this edition of the World Cup, but I guess I'll go with chalk and predict France to narrowly beat out Morocco as Argentina thrived over the underdog Croatians, the upstart Croatians. Really nice to see uh, one of the idols of the game uh, not only survive but thrive at this uh, level of the game at this stage of his career. Super exciting. So it would be cool to see an underdog, the first African team to make the semis. It would be pretty awesome if they made it to the final, but an Argentina-France final would be pretty incredible indeed. So this will be all wrapped up by the time we talk again, but until next time, everybody, enjoy your soccer. <laughs>